Insert gay card. I'm feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. Wish I knew how queens. Susan, I'm gay. You can't love yourself. How in the hell are you gonna love somebody else? Can I get an amen? Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. Gay card. Hi, my name is Robbie Rosell, and my pronouns are he, him. And I'm Rob Schneider, and my pronouns are he, him. And welcome to another episode of Gay Card Revoked, the podcast that gives you a deep dive into the queer happenings of our history. Wow. Did you, you gave us a full subtitle moment. I, and I felt like giving all of us a subtitle today, and I don't know why. That's it. You, you know me, Robbie. Honestly. I love a sub. I, I feel like... <laughs> I feel like you took the month that we had off uh, to just create that one line. I'm proud I, of you. Thank you so much. I worked all night for the past 30 days on it. Um, we we have actually not seen each other in a month. So I'm first oh. of all, I'm happy to see your face. You look fantastic. I'm happy to see your dome. Uh, you thank look- you so much. It's it's a lovely bald painted dome. And I will be honest with you. I'm in Los Angeles right now and I'm sweating like crazy. I am, I am perspiring. It's, it's terrible here in New York too. Is it so really? Both okay. of us. Okay. Well, Mr. Roselle, I, I wanted to ask you if I may. This is a very exciting month. I, June was a very exciting month for both of us because we were both yeah. so busy. But Truly. I want to say you uh, returned to the New York stage. Um, not, not just any old return. It was a return to your old stomping grounds and... Uh, one of the first shows to come back since uh, we have been in quarantine. So, Mr. Rozelle, how was your experience going back on stage for the first time in quite some time? I have to tell you, one, I'm surprised that I got back on a New York stage before Aaron DeVate won his pity Tony. Um, (laughs) I just want you all to know Rob was taking a sip of something as I said that. <laughs> we almost got a nice spit take. We almost got a nice spit had. take. But yeah. and there's something else I love. It's spit takes. That's <laughs> true. Uh it was I have to say it was spectacular and really um cathartic. Mm. Um and uh he, music is healing and community and and uh is so healing, right? And to see faces sort of because you yeah. know I'm spot lives so i can't really see anybody uh but like to to hear laughter and not try to do comedy into a zoom screen um was really wonderful it was it, it was really marvelous that's wonderful did it throw you off not to see people in tiny little squares uh no because i didn't like the whole Brady. i stopped doing like zoom happy hours like a month and a half in <laughs> because i won I, I'm walking out of this pandemic with worse eyesight than I've ever had because of all the squinting of like, which one are you? Um, <laughs> I mean, when you got on the air, I thought you were Gilbert Gottfried for a second because of the squinting. Well, the last time we were recording an episode and yeah. Mr. Roselle su- suggested that we uh, look at the queen, yeah. I was ecstatic because I am so uh, enamored, enamored, enraptured. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure, with the, with with this particular documentary, um, every time I see it, it always moves me, um, and I feel like it's one of these amazing cultural artifacts about our community that very few people know about. And I will be honest with you, I did not even know about it until about two years ago, when they decided to do a restoration of the film, and oh, yeah. it it played, I think, at New York's Film Forum for a while, and I had no idea this thing even existed and i'm so happy that i discovered it but more importantly i'm happy that you want to talk about it for today's episode yeah 
it's a film, honestly, I did not super know about it other than like the vague references that would be made to it on RuPaul's Drag Race. Mm -hmm. And then uh, a contestant did uh, for Snatch Game in All Stars, Aja is the contestant, mm -hmm. did Crystal LaBeja as her like celebrity yes. and like nailed it, like just nailed it. And I was like, I need to know more. And it was on at that time, I feel like Amazon Prime. It's now yes. currently on Netflix as of today. And if and if you have the Criterion channel, um, mm. it's available on the Criterion channel as well. Does it come with the extras that are on the Blu-ray? All it comes with on the Criterion channel, I believe, is uh, the trailer and the movie itself. I don't mm. think the extras are on there. I could be wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure they're not because I think I, I did a deep dive into that. So, so friends... Rob, oh, yes, go ahead. Tell everybody what the Queen is. Of course. Um, the Queen is the monarch in England, um, and she has reigned... I'm going to end your life. Great. Thank you. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy someone's doing it. Um, the Queen is uh, about an hour and 10 minute documentary that was made by a film director by the name of Frank Simon in 1968. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is, we're talking pre Paris is burning, pre before Stonewall, mm -hmm. uh, pre, you know, we're, we're uh, uh, homosexuality is still illegal in many, many places. Yeah. We're still we're still living at a time at, in this moment where people can walk into a gay police can walk into a gay bar and arrest you. So this is a very uh, sensitive time, and we're right at that breaking point, right before we're going to have the Stonewall riots. Um, Frank Simon, right. and is this is mm -hmm. this is uh, this was all filmed in 1967. Correct, correct. So the the film The Queen, which comes out in 1968, like you're saying, mm -hmm. was filmed in 1967. And what it follows is the Miss All America Camp Beauty Contest um, that was created by a, a drag queen known as Flawless Sabrina, sometimes mm -hmm. called Mother Flawless, but simply they called her the queen um and the person's name is jack doroshow of doroshow show doroshow um and uh that was fun to watch you work out jack doroshow i think it was doroshow. <laughs> <laughs> and uh this film that uh frank simon has uh created is as raw of a document that can be about queer life and in this particular time capsule um, and what the what the contest follows is is men dressing as women and competing in a quote unquote beauty contest where judges award them points for a variety of different things. Wait, I walk. have the entire point system. Oh, a maximum of five points each for walk, talk, bathing suit, gown, makeup, and hairdo, and ten points for beauty. Wonderful. Well, I, I know where my ten points are coming from because I'm really good with needles and my dresses are <laughs> flawless. So that's a total of 40 points. That's a total of 40 points. Yeah. And uh, the documentary follows the men that are entering the contest, their preparation for the contest, and then the contest itself. And of course, one of the most iconic moments in queer film history, the aftermath, where the winner is announced. And there is a, a queen who came in fourth by the name of Crystal LaBeja, who was mm -hmm. not pleased that she no. has not won. Um, and she feels that the entire contest has been rigged. And her meltdown or, or confrontation is... Say, yeah, her confrontation monologue. Is what you're living for to get to it. Now, I, I, the rest of the film is uh, so beautiful. I'm going to talk about it in a second. Truly. But the most dramatic moment to me is Crystal LaBeja's dressing down 
of, of, uh, it of is mother truly... of flawless Sabrina. Where's Miss Sabrina? Because I'll sue the bitch. Did you sign I will sue. No, I didn't sign any release. And if she releases any bitch on me, I will sue the fool. She won't make money off of mine, name dog. She can make it off of Harlow and all the rest of the fools that will flock to her. But not Crystal, darling. Anybody but her. Monique, would you tell her why you didn't come? Because she knew it's Victor Harlow. She said, Crystal, darling, don't go. Because you're not going to get it. And that's why all the true beauties didn't come. It's in bad taste and you're showing your colors and shit. I am. I am doing it bad, but I got an, I have a right to show my color, darling. I am beautiful and I know I'm beautiful. How about she showing no color? May I say this to you? Taking the wrong way. Shit, she looks bad. And no way of what you say can do about it. It is truly like watching Elaine Stritch try to record the ladies who lunch in the company documentary because this really feels like a D.A. Pennebaker documentary. It yes, it's a sixteen millimeter. I mm -hmm. it's you know the the there's no it's not polished. Uh, the camera is very shaky. Uh, it's it's and that's what I think makes it so authentic and primal to us. So anyway, so the film came out. In 1968, it was over at the Cannes Film Festival. And even though it received a lot of buzz at the Cannes Film Festival, the Cannes Film Festival was going through um, a pretty rough time in that particular moment in history. There was a riot and... Right. Uh, uh, Cannes itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were student protests. And because of everyone's safety, they shut down Cannes just to make sure everyone was safe, which meant the Queen didn't get the the... Uh, the um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like awards. It, it, it didn't. It win didn't anything. get the awards. It didn't get yeah, the recognition yeah. that it deserved. And mm -hmm. it came out then a year later in New York City. Um, and it got the review. You know, there was really one review of it at the new from the New York Times. And the reviewer of the New York Times um, is a, is a person who I feel is reading in a lot to uh, what's what the Queen is about. The critic says they may be absolutely miserable like others in their private lives, but in their costumed appearances, they enrich the landscape enormously. Now, the critic actually has, gives this a positive review. The first sentence from the New York Times is the Queen is an extraordinary documentary about mm -hmm. the Miss All-America Camp beauty pageant held at Town Hall in 1967. So they enjoy the movie. But I did not see these individuals, at least in this film, having an unhappy private life. No, I don't think that most of them do. I think I think that's projection, but it's also a projection of gay people must be unhappy. Yes, and that's and that's what I wanted yeah. to talk about because I read the review and I watched the film again and there is there is nowhere to me I feel where we're watching these people be unhappy or be miserable and like we said that we might have that conjecture but that's not what we're seeing in this particular document which is another reason why i really enjoy this film because we, we've talked about this a lot at this time there was this this idea being pervaded in a lot of art especially in plays that if you were gay there was something wrong with you and and you're either going to kill yourself or you're going to be killed right and uh, this this critic is projecting that sort of negativity into this film, but I'm not seeing it in this film. 100%. In fact, I'm seeing people quite joyous and quite happy. And when they do talk about their private lives, there's nothing sad to me about it. Mm. Based yeah. on what they're, what they're telling us, based on what they're telling us. 
I, I feel like the only thing that is maybe sad, for lack of a better word, is um, uh, they there's a whole sort of section of them talking about the draft and how they want to serve um, some of them and are not allowed to. Yes. Um, yes. And I think, yeah, sorry. Because the way this film is, uh, it sort of intercuts rehearsals for the pageant and getting ready for the pageant with like um, sort of social justice. Like it's almost like on Drag Race where uh, mm-hmm. a lot of their, when they're getting ready in the mirror, they have that mirror talk and it's always yes. some kind of, I call, uh, and friends of mine call it social justice corner, but they're talking about the, like the issues of the day yes and the particular big issue of this day of course is the vietnam war is raging and it's and it's at its height at this time and we forget there was a draft and we forget that these individuals because they were male and over the age of 18 could have easily been called in to fight Mm -hmm. for their country and what's interesting like you were saying is, is many of them go in and what is it where uh, one of the drag queens asks the other goes, well, did you tell the draft board you were gay? And the drag queen says, no, they told me. Yeah. Um, and there's that one particular, one of the things I will say that's a little hard for me about the queen is you don't really know people's names. Nobody's they, names. You, they don't, they call them, you know, like Miss Buffalo or Miss Chicago, right. but you, you really can't tell who's who and there's no title on the screen. So please it's, forgive me, but there's one, there's one, um, Uh, queen who says I wanted to fight and I wanted to protect my country and I wrote Mm -hmm. a letter to the president and the president the White House wrote back and said sorry because you're gay you can't serve but maybe that'll change and I thought that was so interesting that in this letter back they said well maybe we'll fix that someday Mm -hmm. but I was so taken by that one particular queen who wanted to go and fight for their country. And if I'm remembering co- correctly, I believe uh, that queen was a member of the BIPOC community, which mm-hmm. I think adds yes. another layer mm-hmm. to all so of this. That's the other fascinating thing about this film is there's so many uh, contestants of color, et cetera, in a time of like civil unrest, et cetera. Yes. They are all just in that together. Uh, and it's not even, it's never referenced. It just is. No, it, like you, yes, it just is. It's not mm-hmm. referenced. It just is. One of the things that I love about this movie is right in the beginning of it is when all of the queens gather in the apartment mm-hmm. to go over what the rules are of the contest. This is Flawless Sabrina's apartment, which was on uh, 72nd. And she lived there until 2017 when she died. God bless her. Uh, and what this is what always gets me in this film. Uh, when, you, when you try to draw a line, I think, from the queen to RuPaul's Drag Race. When all the drag queens are entering into the apartment, and they're all in their, uh, their male-presenting street clothes, mm-hmm. they look at the camera, and most of them are startled. They're startled by the lens. They're startled by the bright light that's in their yeah. face. And I always think back to all that black and white footage of when, when uh, cameras followed police into the raids of gay bars and mm. people were always covering their faces with, the, with mm-hmm. their hands because they didn't want to be seen. And I thought it was so interesting to see that they all have a moment of fear on their face. Like, why is there a camera here? 
and then they and then they were oh go ahead yeah do you think they were not told i mean i think the the that could obviously be an answer they were not told but just to see what goes through their mind sure of why is there a camera here and i'm and i'm sure it was probably something maybe innocuous which was oh they didn't tell us and i'm startled by that as opposed to seeing what we see today which is when a drag queen sees a camera and a lens they run towards the lens Ooh, they, they run, light up yeah <laughs> yeah and, no exactly and i think that mm-hmm. to me i i found and that's what really warms me about this movie which is you're watching the seeds of what we know today is drag race starting to take place but what a different time we were living in where a drag queen would see a camera and go oh boy what's that why is that here yeah mm-hmm uh, I want to talk a little bit about the actual um, pageant. Yes. Uh, and uh, Flawless Sabrina, who created it. Um, he, and I'm, I'm, I apologize. I'm so happy that you keep saying Flawless Sabrina because I feel like this is a icon name mm-hmm. that we do not talk about the same way we talk about someone like Harvey Milk or Marsha P. Johnson. Mm-hmm. I, I feel uh, Sabrina needs to be elevated as yeah. well. Yeah. Well, she started the pageant in 1958 when she was a 19-year-old psych major at UPenn, which is Penn State, question mark? No, it's the University of Pennsylvania. Trust me, if she was from Penn State, you would have known by now. And she was 24 at the making of this film, uh, but in drag presented as much older and called it her bar mitzvah mother thing. And I will say, when she when she dresses up as the MC for the evening, mm-hmm. she literally looks like every single relatives from my dad's bar mitzvah photos. Do you know that she I, nearly replaced in Hello Dolly on Broadway? Wait, are you? Jo- wait, is that a joke or is that real? No, this is true. Oh, David I no, Merrick, I didn't. David Merrick was thinking about shaking things up and having a drag cast, and instead went with Pearl Bailey. But Jackie Kennedy was a fan of hers and was uh, sent her a telegram that is in the Flawless Sabrina archives that says uh, that she wants Hello Dolly to happen. So wait, so wait, Jackie Kennedy? Yeah, the Kennedy Flawless Sabrina. Mm-hmm. The Kennedy is because of Bobby. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And we have we we haven't talked about the birdcage yet, right? No, we, no, we not on not. this. No, but like. There's like some Kennedy jokes um, because apparently Bobby had a, a penchant for the males. Uh, Fabulous. Drag. Fabulous. Yes. Uh, which would have had a different um, slur uh, title at the time. Ah, uh, yes. But so this pageant was also a benefit for the Muscular Dystrophy Association. Yes. This is, a, this, this is a pageant that's trying to help other peoples. And f- helping others seems to be the thread that runs through Flawless Sabrina's life. Yeah. And also, like, through the gay community, like, it's what we do, right? We have benefits for everything. Yeah. Uh, especially drag benefits. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm wondering if this is really the, the brainchild of Flawless Sabrina. Very, very possibly. Um, there is an excellent interview with Flawless Sabrina um, a few years before her death when uh, uh, the queen had been restored. And uh, a writer was writing about it and said, well, whatever happened to the pageant? And this guy said, here, ask Sabrina and just wrote down a phone number. And nobody knew she, like, they didn't know she was still alive. 
and there are some wonderful photos of her and her apartment and um in that time and talking about like knowing andy warhol uh who is a judge of this competition and also found ten thousand dollars in seed money from investors to keep this going and it's important to also note, I think, about Flawless Sabrina, that this wasn't just simply ooh, a cosmopolitan New York drag pageant. No. Uh, Flawless Sabrina was doing this for about 10 years from like, what, 59 to 69, mm -hmm. and did about 46 shows a year, I believe. Yeah, because she did one in every state. How incredible is that? It's wild. I mean, can you imagine being... Um, a drag performer or wanting to do drag and you live in a state where maybe that's obviously not acceptable and there's no access to it and in comes Flawless Sabrina and gives you a little glimmer of hope. Who's, again, at the making of this film, 24 years old. And, and such a maternal instinct. Yeah. Do you know what I was doing at 24? Working at a Taco Bell. Truly. <laughs> like, I didn't know anything. And the, the fact that not only is she doing these everywhere, she's organizing all of it. Now, I will say the team around Flawless Sabrina is fascinating. Why don't we talk? Why don't you tell us a little bit about Flawless Sabrina's entourage? <sighs> yeah, I guess that's the best way to call it. There's the gentleman. I do not know his name. They don't tell us their names. That's it, the it problem. It sucks. I'm so sorry. But uh, who is sort of the right hand um, and is in bad drag. Bad cop. Bad cop. Yeah. Bad cop. In drag in at the pageant. But it like looks like, uh, oh, God, what's her name? Mindy Sterling. Looks like. Frau Fabissina. Frau Fabissina. <laughs> yes. In Drop Dead Gorgeous Drag. <laughs> I and was I also wonder, I was also going to say a younger Jackie Hoffman, but I I, I feel good with uh, Ralph Abyssina. Uh, my husband Len uh, said, "Wow, she looks like Linda Hunt." And I was like, "Yes, you're not, you're not yes, wrong. yes." Yeah. Linda Hunt is also a good <laughs> good one for this. Uh, there's the sort of director who lays out the rules of the pageant. He, and um, he's not taking shit from anybody. No. And there is the black stage manager who doesn't have time for anybody's bullshit. No. At the end? Is he the no, one at the end? That, that woman. It's a woman. Oh, the woman. Yes, yes. yes. Who, who they're trying to like say something and she just blows past them. It's like, I got things to do. Yes. I'm obsessed with her. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they, and I'm okay. So we have that entourage mm -hmm. that surrounds uh, Flawless Sabrina. I was also impressed, I, I have to say, by the fact that there was a live band. One, this is at Town Hall. <laughs> this, is, this is bougie, folks. Like, it's a Scott Siegel production. It's at Town <laughs> Hall with a much bigger band. The Roundabout Wishes they had the size of an orchestra <laughs> on stage. Um, I was like, what? I thought it was going to be somebody with a piano. And nope. then do you notice that the band gets bigger between their, like, walkthrough and the actual performance? So I'd love to talk about that because they are rehearsing at Town Hall at one point. And do we think that's sound check? Because they're doing, like, yeah. full choreography rehearsals. Oh, I think so. I think they were think they got the it for up. the day. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because at another point, they are rehearsing at what appears to be a Ripley Greer situation. Yeah, my assumption is is that they probably had a day before in a rehearsal hall where yeah. they were taught choreography mm -hmm. and then they they moved over into the uh the, the that choreography hall. scene again reminds me so much of Drop Dead Gorgeous with uh the woman who's like 
Tondu close, Tondu close, Tondu close, plie. <laughs> uh, and Tondu I'm obsessed close. with it. You remember? <laughs> Tondu close. Oh, that, I should, I, yes. We should do Drop Your Gorgeous. Oh, I'm sure we'll talk about Drop Dead Gorgeous yeah. at some point on this show. So, and then we meet uh, sort of the central character of the, the whole film is narrated by Flawless Sabrina. Yes, Flawless um, Sabrina one. is our narrator, yes. Right, and uh, it's through her eyes that we sort of see everything. But the uh, the film centers around Harlow. Yes. Um, Who is still just, alive, by the way. Yes, and I, I want to say Harlow was assigned male at birth and later had gender, uh, gender confirmation surgery uh, and is now Rachel Harlow, and that's how we will be referring to her as Harlow. Although people in the, uh, her dead name is the one name that we are often given in this film, which I find ironic. It's the only name we ever hear. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Truly. That is interesting. Yeah, because yeah. Frau Farbisna is constantly uh, yeah. talking about uh, her m- male assigned name. Yes. So, uh, still alive, would have an affair with Grace Kelly's brother at one point. Looks like Twiggy in the first scene. Yes, I I will be honest with you. When you see Rachel for the first time in the film, mm-hmm. I thought I was like, oh, this. Why is Twiggy in this? The first time yes. I saw it, I, I thought, oh, maybe that's maybe she's going to be part of the contest. And, and they no. keep they keep cutting to Harlow in this uh, Streisand "What's Up Doc" hat. Yes, yes. And I am obsessed. Uh, the big sort of drama for harlow is that her wig is missing uh they cannot find her wig and there's literally a woman on the phone who says this is life or death i don't know who that woman is but i was obsessed with her because she's literally she has the yellow pages open yeah. and she goes hello this is seriously life a death <laughs> i need a blonde fall must be platinum life or death life ad- seriously this is life or death and the first time you see Harlow, yes, uh, she is in front of uh, uh, Burdarf Goodman's. Yes, right, because you see the Paris behind her. You do, and you see her yearning for the beautiful fashion that's in the window. Yes, and, but what's really weird is the uh, marquee of the Paris. They are showing the film "A Man and a Woman." Yes, and I was just like, "Oh, that's that's weird." Because this is a drag competition. Exactly. It's, there's a lot of brilliance in the first 10 mm-hmm. minutes of this film, I feel. Yes. From the, yes. the shot of her looking at this world that she can't have through glass to the man and a woman that's on the marquee. And then uh, she leans over and asks like this old guy for directions, and he's yes. clearly startled. Uh, <laughs> uh, I feel like he didn't sign a waiver to be in this film. Um, <laughs> No, in fact, he's suing us right now. I believe. Oh, good. <laughs> he's, good. he's suing us right now. Um, no, you're. You know, you're absolutely. You're absolutely correct. Which is, mm-hmm. she is a uh, stunning creature. And one of the things that I thought was so fascinating was when she's telling the story about being in the taxi cab. Oh yeah. And she said that the cab driver said, "You know, well, you're a woman, right?" And she said, "No, I'm not." And he said, "Well, you're very pretty." And I don't know. I that, that warmed my heart for some reason. Yeah, it, there's such a a humanity in this film. Uh, well, and and what you see, which I think is so lovely, and you see this on Drag Race a little bit, but not as much. 
there I think it's like they're four to a room. For, yes. But and, oh, so one of the big problems like oh, yes. of this film is that they're having trouble finding a hotel that has 27 rooms available uh for the what however many contestants and the hosts etc and the people making them up and uh a hotel that's hip enough is um flawless's uh words that's hip enough to let us be there uh because it's just a convention of uh drag queens and they finally find one and they're all like i said for like oh it seems like four to a room but it feels like a fritz Sorry, I think it's the Strand Hotel where the they Strand? end up, which is on 38, was on 38. Oh, wow. And it feels like a fraternity. Yeah. Everyone is helping each other. A very Everyone, gay fraternity. A very gay fraternity. And I was thinking to myself, I, I thought, what is the difference between this group of men who are all trying to win a drag competition, being so loving and so helpful to one another, versus what we kind of see on RuPaul, which is very competitive. I, sure. I, I feel. And yes, we know that sometimes the queens on RuPaul, they help each other out. Yeah. But overall, there's a sense of competitiveness. And $100, I think. $100,000. That's one of the differences. One is the money, but two, you know what else I realized? I have a feeling that when RuPaul contestants see each other, they mm -hmm. go, I see hundreds of gay people a day. I see tons of other drag queens every day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And for these guys back in the 60s, right. this was, oh my God, there's someone out there like me. Yeah, there's no, there's no grinder. There's no apps. No, let me, let me talk to a new, I need to make a friend who understands as opposed to I'm going to stab you in the back. Mm -hmm. And I think that is a huge difference. And that's one of the things I appreciate about this movie is how yeah. everyone is helping each other. Let me go back and ask you a question about Please. Sabrina's missing fall or missing oh, yes. fall. No, missing... you mean Harlow's. Sorry, I apologize. Harlow. Harlow's yeah, yeah, yeah. missing fall. Mm -hmm. Did Harlow pack it and... Or did Harlow forget it? Or did Harlow pack it and it was taken? What do you think? Great question. I honestly, I have to say, like the wig that she ended up with, prefer her natural hair. Oh, same here. Same Much here. Much prettier. I and thought, again, looks yes. like Twiggy. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but I bet it was not packed. I see. And she I has see. a slow meltdown. Yes, and behaves like a child. Right. Which and Linda Hunt gets angry. Really angry and says, you're acting like a child. Well, I am a child. Well, grow up. <laughs> right. Harlow is very self-aware. Harlow is very self-aware. Mm -hmm. Harlow is very self-aware. And Harlow, as I understand it, the first drag contest she entered, she, she won. won. Mm -hmm. So she's, she thinks she's always going to win. She yeah. thinks she's always going to win. When we do get to the actual competition itself and 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 they are being judged for all of this yeah uh harlow wins and crystal labeja accuses uh sabrina of having this rigged from the beginning yes and like she says in her diatribe every all the pretty queens didn't show up because they knew that you've had this rigged for harlow right. since this began so mr Rizel, yeah let me ask you do you think there's any validity or truth in what Crystal LaBeja is saying? Yes, I do. Tell me more. So at the front of the film, when uh, Harlow first appears, Flawless Sabrina says, I feel a sense of responsibility for them and uh, 
I owe them nothing, but I want to help them. Like, basically, that's the crux of it. Yeah, I think it was fixed. Um, I, do I believe that Crystal Lobeja should have won? Probably not, but we are not shown enough. Uh, no. What happens on stage? Honestly, we see more when um, a queen named Miss Billy sings Honey Bun. All of Honey Bun. Oh, I'm in, obsessed with Miss Billy. Yes. Who Miss cannot Billy, be bothered to wear a bathing suit. That's no. the only reason we know her name. Yes, Miss Billy will not wear. I was like, wear a bathing suit, Miss Billy. Miss Billy did not want to wear a bathing no, suit. No, she could give no fucks, but saying a beautiful honey bun in a full falsetto, because again, this is an impersonation. And everybody was doing like high voices and low heels. That's what this should have been called. <laughs> I was it called high voices, low heels, low heels. Yeah, because the, everybody's in flats. That, uh, <laughs> I love that as a name for this movie. I love that as a name for this movie. So yes, I think I think that it was fixed. Okay, and let's talk a little bit. And like you said, what's hard for us is because the filmmaker knows the ending. Mm-hmm. We we spend a lot of time with who ends up being the eventual winner yeah. of the of the of the movie. So we don't know, maybe there's tons of other footage of well, and we don't see Crystal Labeja until the 38 minute mark of a 100 or of, of a 68 minute film. So the movie itself, the documentary, mm-hmm. yeah, is not a particularly dramatic documentary until the last five minutes. Would you agree with that or disagree yeah, with that? Yeah, that's exactly why I say it feels like uh, Pennebaker's company original cast album documentary. Because it just sort of goes along, like, beautifully, and so thrilled that it's captured. But then there's that five minutes of drama that Elaine Stritch creates. Yes. And there's yes. that five minutes of drama that Crystal LeBeja creates. So, Crystal LeBeja... Oh, Lebe- let's talk about Crystal LeBeja. Yes, sure. So, so, first of all, Crystal LeBeja is probably best known today for creating the house of La Beja. Mm-hmm. Um, in if you're, 1972. In 1972. And if you're a big fan of Paris is Burning, yeah. which is sort of is the documentary about drag culture that people reference, um, even though the, the queen predates it. To, let's talk about who was Crystal La Beja, Mr. Rozelle. I, so little is truly known about her. Uh, she is the founder of the House of Labasia. Nobody knows when she died. Rolling Stone reported she died in 1982 of liver failure. But then the Times reported that she was at a screening of the Queen in 1993 at Film Forum. She founded the House of Labasia, which uh, was is credited as starting the first house system in ball culture, mm, mm. Uh, which is really interesting. Um, and she was the mother, uh, which if you've seen Pose, you know, like the mother brings in homeless LGBT youth, uh, feeds them, gives them a home, a place to live, and builds them up. Uh, She was a drag performer and activist through the 70s and 80s. Um, RuPaul saw her perform in Atlanta in 1979. She's uh, just fascinating and she is the the person in this movie who mm-hmm. has no problem telling None. it like it is yeah and saying that life is too short to deal with bullshit uh yeah. they 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 go down to the last five or six contestants and they start to announce top you know, five top yep. five and mm-hmm. she comes in fourth 
Yep. And she takes her place for maybe 30 seconds behind yeah. who eventually the winner is going to be. And then she just goes, fuck it. And yeah. literally pulls an I am what I am, walks off the stage <laughs> into the house mm-hmm. and leaves. And you think in the movie, okay, she's a sore loser. She's leaving. Right. Oh, but she's coming back. Oh, bitch. She, she is coming back and she has some things to say. And luckily, uh, the camera is there to pick up everything Every- she wants to say. I need to stop before we go into her sort of speech. I need to talk about that crown. Because it is the, the tiniest thing <laughs> that I've ever seen. Len said it looks like when you get uh, when you're at a restaurant and they try to make a swan in the aluminum foil, and it just didn't take. Um, <laughs> it's so ugly. <laughs> the oh end. My gosh. Okay. Okay. It looks like a storybook uh, crown that's on like the Frog Prince, and you're like, "What the fuck?" That's yeah. <laughs> No, it's it is it is uh, it's something. It is absolutely it's a something. It is a choice. <laughs> You're like, can we spend some money on a crown? Please, Ma- does Mademoiselle Bertha have something available for us? <laughs> when you're calling about the fall, can they throw in a crown, please? It's life Trust or us. death. The crown is more life or death than the fall. Trust us. Like, yes. Um. So okay. Crystal. So Crystal Labeja, uh, founder mm-hmm. of the House of Labeja. Yeah. Uh, comes back. And in a nutshell, Mr. Rizal, what does she mm-hmm. uh, tell Sabrina? Oh, oh, God, that uh, the whole thing is rigged. Everybody knows it's rigged. There are no beauties here. Look around. Uh, she, she, uh, oh, God, uh, she will sue the bitch, Sabrina. She'll sue the bitch. That's a big one, yes. That's a major line. Uh None of the true beauties came, which I find fascinating because is she saying that she's not one of the true beauties? Uh, Harlow? Uh, yeah, no. Is is Crystal saying that she's not one of the true beauties? Because I think so. There. I think so. I am fascinated by that. Um, and she just goes into this whole screed of how her makeup is terrible. Uh <laughs> Well, she 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 reads Harlow to filth, to and filth. then says, "But you know, it's not your fault because you're beautiful and you're young. You deserve to have the best in life." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that that kills me every time. Yeah, where she goes, she's pretty, but not tonight. Nope. <laughs> and she <laughs> it makes it's... me laugh. She literally reads this woman to filth and goes, "But you're beautiful and young, and may you deserve the best." <laughs> I was such like, a... I was like, I think Crystal Labeja might be a relative of mine. <laughs> it's like i know you crystal i know you yes um and also of course and if you're a frank ocean fan obviously you know that crystal abeja's voice is Mm -hmm. uh uh the monologue is actually in one of uh uh, frank Ocean's songs so i love that it has it is what has uh sort of survived beyond the film yeah, and I think also one of the things that's really great about this being captured, even even if it's the last five minutes or so of the film, is that it shows us why Crystal Labeja eventually gets sick of ball culture and says, I'm going to create my own ball and I'm going to create my own house mm-hmm. because I'm sick and tired of being pushed aside for what... To me, what it seems is, you know, it's, you're, it's slanting really towards a white Mediocre type. white... Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so what I love about seeing this is when you know the whole history of what's going to happen. 
Yeah. And, and you understand, well, why was she so angry about this? Well, you're seeing it right here in the film. You also, because you see it, it play out on her face in real time. Yes. Uh, as she stands there. Yes. And decides, no, I'm going to leave. And so, folks, if you know about Crystal LaBeja mm -hmm. and you know when she actually passed, please let us know because it is so hard to find an accurate answer to this. Like you were saying, some said 1982, some said she was at a screening of it. Right. What is the story here with Crystal LaBeja? Is she still with us or is she gone? I, I would like to know. I believe she's gone. And if she, when, when did she go? Is also is is maybe I think my big question is when did she when did she right. go? Now I did not see the All Stars where who who was who played Crystal Aja and Aja. how was Aja spectacular? Yeah, yeah. And and in fact, you can probably see clips of it on YouTube, or if you have Paramount Plus, give it a, a watch. I'm going to ask a horrible question. Did people yeah. know who she was supposed to be, uh, or were they so like I don't I don't know her? As you, it, uh, you've seen the Snatch Game episodes before. Yes. Yes. So you know that beforehand, RuPaul will walk around the room. Who are you playing? Blah, blah, yeah. blah. Make it funny. Make me laugh. Um, and sort of give like a mini history of said person. But because it's so, this film is known in the drag world. And I have to say, there are a lot of films about drag queen oh, pageants. Oh, sure. Sure. Now, um, it's just like this is sort of like the, the first of its kind? Yeah, and I, you know, like I said, we, we were so focused on Paris's burning. Yeah. Because first of all, it's a fantastic documentary. That's just, excellent. That's number yeah. one. You get to actually know the participants and there is a lot more drama in Paris's burning than what we see in The Queen. Mm -hmm. uh, so we sort of have built this world around Paris's burning and we look at that as such an influential groundbreaking film, but we kind of forget if you're thinking of Paris's burning as the foundation, you actually have to go even deeper and even more subterranean to the queen and people like Crystal LaBeja and people like flawless Sabrina need to be celebrated because what they're creating is what we all embrace today. And yeah. I think we all look at Paris as burning and go, oh, these are the people that started the houses. And this is what ball culture always was. You have to, you have to thank Flawless Sabrina for saying you could be a drag queen as a mother and you can, and you can be a mentor. And you have to thank Crystal LaBeja who says we can, we can live together and we can create a protected environment for you. So I, I, what I love about this movie is, is that we actually get to celebrate two icons of our community who really aren't as common as others. I and do recommend that you watch um, Aja in the Snatch Game. I will. Because uh, it is wildly good and wonderfully quoted. Um, and it, again, it's what made me really seek out the film. Uh, so, so, you, so you saw her on Snatch Game and you mm -hmm. said, I wonder who this person is. What do I need to know about I her? And that's how, you, mm -hmm. that's how you found the queen. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. In fact, I think I sent you a text and said, the queen is on Amazon Prime. You did. And you said, I love this film. And I, I said, do. I'm about to watch it. I do. Um, I, I do. Okay. I need to talk about this various other little things that I have written down because they're just some things like there are so many Streisand page boy falls <laughs> in this film. It was, she was popular at the time. Why? Well, 67, like funny girl had just <laughs> happened and it's in you just keep seeing them and it just made me laugh uh it's the look 
it, it truly is. Uh, a lot of soprano singing. Um, yeah. Oh, I need to talk about Mario Mar- Montez, who is like rolled in and then stumbles up on stage yes. and vaguely sings, question mark, Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend. Yeah, what exactly is that? Was Mario a previous winner? Possibly. Or... Mario, the, you mean the one that they bring in in a bathtub? Yes, yes. And they, why... Folks, if you've not seen it yet, just so you're aware, uh, mm-hmm. this queen uh, is in a bathtub like an Evo Von Hova production, and they roll the bathtub down the aisle of Town Hall. Mario looks like maybe she's had a few before she's decided <laughs> to get into well, the bathtub. And we see her earlier in the walkthrough, like in the, in yes. the rehearsal, in full drag, but with like a with five o'clock shadow. Yes. Just caterwauling soprano as the camera gets closer and closer to her face. <laughs> that is correct. That is it is like that is a choice that happens, but then stumbles through diamonds are a girl's best friend as bubbles are like flying through the air. I'm pissed because she stole my act. I sure. Oh, you were not honey bun singer. You're not Miss Billy. <laughs> no, I am Miss Billy. I have no shame. If I was, if I had to be someone, I would be Miss Billy. She Fuck sang out. all of it, including the verse. She walked yeah, into the room she, verse verse. She, <laughs> Oh, did you say verse first or verse yep. verse? Verse first. Oh, I, like I love that. I People love who that. know Drag Race know that Bob the Drag Queen always walked in first first. first. And so this is just that. This is verse first. I, <laughs> Which is how they let people in, I think, to uh, Barrage every night. Oh, good. Verse first. So apparently on the Blu-ray, which I need to get my hands on, there's some extra stuff, including some cut footage mm. of the after party where the police come and break it up. Well, okay. Well, I'm happy that you mentioned that because yeah. we, we do, just to remind us, folks, uh, being in drag was illegal. Yeah. It was You had illegal. to wear three, was it three pieces of clothing of the sex you were assigned at birth? Yes. And Flawless Sabrina was arrested over a hundred times in their life, over a hundred times in their life for simply wearing drag for simply wearing uh, female presenting clothing mm-hmm. um, and God bless her. She fought every step of the way, she, but I did not. So the police come to break up the party. Yeah, apparently. Um, and uh, they also are, setting they, this, the seed for what we're going to see in Stonewall in the, in the next couple exactly. of years. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm fascinated that this film got made and that it's such an honest portrayal including like just the guys who seemingly forget that there are cameras after a while yeah and are just laying around on beds in their underwear talking about everything yeah it doesn't matter no and and to hear and to have them talk about what it was like growing up gay in their respective Mm -hmm. geographical areas areas and like i had said earlier it's so nice to just see people that are competing with one another for some, for, you know, a $5 crown from party world um, or Madame Bertha's depending just helping one another and just supporting one another because the support and the health and the Alliance was so rare at this time. Yeah. And I think I would love to see a lot of those elements come back into our community. They also talk a lot about uh, sex change this surgery. W- yes, yes. Why don't you talk about this for a little bit? Because this was fascinating. 
right? Especially knowing that that one would have that surgery, and uh, uh, I'm talking about Harlow would would have gender confirmation surgery, and Crystal Labasia was a trans activist. Yes. Um, but several of them in one bedroom are talking about, oh no, we don't want to be women. Uh, my boyfriend question mark doesn't want a woman um this is just what i do it's not who i am yeah and i find that fascinating uh the quote that one of the persons says yes. um is well i have enough money to go through the sex change mm -hmm. and i live only 30 miles from john hopkins right but it's the last thing that i would want i know that i've been a drag queen uh have been a drag queen for a long time been gay for a long time but I certainly do not want to be a girl, even if I could have a baby. The drag is a part of them. It is, right. a, it is a uniform. It is a costume. It is a character. Mm -hmm. But they don't want to embrace that gender. And like you said, I think Harlow, as far as we know from this film, because we really don't know that much about anybody else, is yeah. the only one who uh, transitioned later in yes, life. Yes, that's correct. Uh, and, and, we don't get, we, we and we know. don't get Harlow's opinion on this in the film, do we? No. Yeah. Uh, uh, not at all. And uh, uh, Harlow is in another room, I think. Yes. Harlow is in the room with Flawless Sabrina, question mark? Uh, I think it's the Linda Hunt person, right? Certainly Cr the Linda Hunt crying person about the who wig. is like helping her get dressed, which yes. is another reason why the, the fix is in. For so that Amber Atkins can't win the beauty pageant. Uh, <laughs> oh it's my! It's going to be gosh. Rebecca Ann Lehman. Um, <laughs> and of course, the 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 ending of the film is also mm -hmm. very poignant. Yeah. Um, the la the last shot of mm -hmm. uh, Harlow sitting in a phone booth, just twirling, twirling, twirling the crown, fucking ugly crown, waiting for her bus to come back, take her back to Philadelphia. Which is also where Flawless Sabrina is from. Uh, so, so, so you think this was rigged? You think this was rigged? You think? I haven't mentioned that yet. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. What do you think? What are your thoughts? I would not be surprised. Yeah. I would not be surprised. Mm -hmm. um, and I know Flawless was saying, I don't know these judges, but we don't know what was turned in. And, she, and, and Flawless even says to Crystal, come to the party. And you can ask each of them, and they can tell you why you didn't get it. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I mean, that's, that's pretty ballsy. That's pretty ballsy. Uh, but I will say, um, Harlow looks gorgeous. And I know yeah. the hair. We know the hair. I'll talk, the we'll hair talk about the hair. Great. Yeah. But I'm also wondering for the judges, was the attempt for the judges to go, who, who passes the most as female? I believe so, because it's a beauty pageant so I, for female again walk talk bathing suit gown makeup hairdo beauty okay not even talent which is why i was like why are we getting all of honey bun that's why? what i couldn't figure out i was i thought there was a talent portion to all of this mm. no but i also i'm so happy to hear to hear live singing to mm -hmm. see live music and there and i love lip syncing yeah. But to add that extra level of talent on what these queens have to do was really, really impressive for me. Yeah. So, Robbie, so this this film, like we said, um, it came out, it sort of went away. Paris is Burning came out, and that has really eclipsed it. And only mm -hmm. recently are we rediscovering 
the queen. We're rediscovering Crystal LaBeja. We're rediscovering Flawless Sabrina. Why do you think we, and we, okay, we have RuPaul, we have Pose, we -hmm. have Paris is Burning. Why do we need to sit down and watch the queen? Why is this important to our history? What's the cornerstone of, of, uh, drag competitions uh like films about them also it is the only one that i know of that takes place pre-stonewall mm. and captures that moment in time so beautifully um of how people were living in coded worlds mm. uh there's a there was a piece after the film was uh, restored. Uh, Jerry Portwood in Rolling Stone uh, said the film was extraordinary because it captures so much doubling as a time capsule of a generation's innocence and fashion forward sophistication. You can tell why it functioned as a template for many future gender nonconforming people looking for some sort of pre-internet guide through the confusing maze of sexuality and gender. He's mm. absolutely right. That's lovely. That's yeah. absolutely lovely. And I feel like by having this uh, pageant captured mm-hmm. and having it released on film, I feel like it gave a lot of individuals who were struggling with drag, um, uh, gender nonconformity, sexuality, a sense that, hey, there are people out there like you. You might not be in the same room with them right now, but right. you know that they're out there. And I think that also gives people a lot a lot of hope. So folks, um, I sincerely hope, and I know Robbie sincerely hopes as well, that you uh, check out The Queen. It's only an hour and 10 minutes at that. Um, and it might even actually be shorter than that. Please forgive it's me. It's one hour, eight minutes. Oh, one hour, eight minutes. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it's really fabulous and it's really fantastic. And it's a brilliant, beautiful time capsule. Um, and it's a lot of our founding fathers, mothers uh, mm-hmm. in one location being brave uh, in the face of illegality and possible arrest. Mm-hmm. So good for them. Please watch the queen w- celebrate it. Immediately. And tweet us what you think about it. We want to know. Yes. What your uh, thoughts are. If you, if you've seen it, what are your thoughts? Did any of you know any of the people that were involved in it? Have you heard stories about it? We would love, love, love to hear from you. Mr. Yeah. Roselle. Uh, when we come back to our podcast again, what will everyone's homework assignment be? What should they be studying next? We're going to jump from the nonfiction to the fictional world of beauty pageants, and we're going to talk about Drop Dead Gorgeous. Oh, I'm so happy. Okay, so folks, um, watch The Queen. It's fantastic. Your homework, obviously, is to watch uh, Drop Dead Gorgeous. Robbie, where can people find us on social media? You can follow us all at uh, G Revoked on the Twitter, the Instagram, the Facebook. You can like, rate, review our podcast. It helps other people find it, which is great. And uh, Rob, where can they find us on the Patreon? Uh, you can go to Patreon. You can search Gay Card Revoked or G Revoked, and it will come up for you. And uh, we would love to have your financial contribution. It just helps us uh, keep the show on the air. It pays for social media. It pays for editing. It pays for a lot of different things. Yeah, um, and we have a great social media person, Bethany Anselecki. We do, we do indeed. We're very, very lucky in that capacity. Please spread the word about this podcast, but more importantly, please spread the word about the Queen after you watched it. Go have a viewing party. Have some people over. You could do a double feature. You could do the Queen and Paris is burning. Yeah. 
Uh, both of them are on uh, Netflix right now. Yes. I hope somebody listens to this and goes, what a horrible podcast. They never once mentioned Helen Mirren. <laughs>